did you see the uh, the opening? There was a new Top Golf, and I believe it was like Arkansas. And first night, some guy falls into the net. This like really oh, yeah, big, giant, overweight fat guy. person. <laughs> and someone tweets out, "Load help those nets." I saw one that said, "Imagine dying like this, like a bug on your back, no way to turn over, just absolutely distraught." I saved that video. We have to post that. That shit was. <laughs> I was in tears laughing at how fucking funny that was. This is a, this is completely random and totally separate to all this. It's because you bring up bugs, and I don't know why it popped into my head. But you've seen your fair share of uh, of Pixar films. Of course. I love Pixar. Right? No. So, you know how there's that one guy who's in every Pixar movie? He's played yeah, like the Mac guy. the Truck and Ham the Pig. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And the little fucking uh, the, and the 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 circus guy in a Bug's Life. Yeah. So my uh, my wife, my my future wife, um, my wife, my wife. I it's so bad. I keep I keep on saying that. So she had never seen the uh, the Cars like post scene credit short where it's Mac the Truck that actor. Who's watching the, the the cars versions of those Pixar movies? And he goes, ah, that actor's pretty darn good. And he keeps on seeing the same actor. He goes, wait a minute, what kind of cut rate comedy is this? <laughs> I showed her that clip, and now, like, if you guys have watched, I've been watching the show for long enough, and you know, uh, my fiance Kay, she is the like epitome of a Disney fan. She isn't like like the really ridiculous hardcore Disney adults who like have the annual pass and go whenever they can. Although she has done a couple like one day trips to Disney, um, she's, but like she's a huge Disney fan. I can never watch Toy Story with her, despite it being my favorite childhood movie, because she knows every single line to the film. Um, I'm glad we're on the same page about Toy Story. What? What? That is the best. Yes. I mean, like if you, I really didn't want to get into this because I know that that we're going to be on this for like 25 minutes. Because whenever it's you and me doing a show, it always ends up ends up this way. Your top five Pixar films. Uh No Order Toy Story, Wreck It Ralph. Oh, okay. Um, although those two are in order. Um Monsters Inc. Finding Nemo. And just because I'm lacking thinking of one, but I do think it is criminally underrated, A Bug's Life. Right. So I'm like, so I'm in the firm and like, like, like we'll die on this hill forever in my entire life. Um, one, two, and three are definitively in order. Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., and The Incredibles. Oh, yeah. The Incredibles is, yeah, yeah. Um, four and five is whatever you want it to be, so long as it isn't Finding Dory. Or the Soul good dinosaur. Also, Soul's a good very movie. good. By the way, another another complete complete digression. Disney and jazz music is so freaking good. Oh yeah. It, when you come to my wedding in in eleven months, odds are the cocktail hour is going to be exclusively Disney jazz. Honestly, also um, up up. That all right? So so here, the, the, this is where, where I'm getting at. Top three: Toy Story, Monsters Inc., Incredibles. My personal four and five is then. Cars and up. And I think like six through ten, because because I, I cannot give you a definitive five. Yeah. Because six through ten is some order 
of A Bug's Life, Coco. I still have to watch Coco. Amazing movie. Uh, a Bug's Life, Coco. What what's the movie? We, um, Ratatouille, which Ratatouille, honestly, yeah. honestly, it's six. And I hate to put a second iteration of a movie in front of a original, but The Incredibles two was that good of a movie. Toy Story two actually, as well. I put a ten. I, Toy Story two was also really good, but I, I think The Incredibles two is just a, is a much better story overall. Like those movies are so good. I, and, and I will also die on this hill. I think Wally is a horrible movie. Wow. I, I hated Wally. Wow. wow. You know, Bottom... it's also one of the the two like banger new era Pixar movies we mentioned. So Luca is a banger. Luca's really good. Santo uh, Mozzarella good. is a heater of a line. I, I so I, so and now it's funny. The other movie that I've, not, I've actually never seen. I need to see it. I need to watch Onward. Same. And I need to watch um, Encanto. I still haven't done it yet. Oh, Encanto is a heater. Oh, by the way, also somewhere in the top ten that you could very much put in there um, is Big Hero Six. That's another one I have to watch. That move. That movie is absolutely amazing. I am the D, the definition of Baymax. Uh, you cry in the first ten minutes, and then all of a sudden it just, just shoots up. Um, but yeah, like I, like Pixar I has so many good movies that it's so hard to pick. Bottom three, though, definitively, is The Good Dinosaur, Cars 2, which is the worst movie of all time, next to the Emoji movie. If you know, you know. Uh, and in my opinion, Finding Dory was not a good movie. Or, but also, like, I was never a Finding Nemo fan to begin with, mostly because the the lanternfish scared me. I was scared of Bruce. So and the, So you're a baby. Okay. Yeah, all right. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you you, you got to realize you, you you have three to four years on me. This movie came out when I was like five. God damn, I was in third I grade. I was fucking like at my desk. Shark bait. Ooh, oh no! I look like, like all that's great, but like I still close my eyes you, when you know another character that you give off big energy from the fucking blowfish from Finding Nemo. And everyone fucking says this, bro. He is one of your Pixar like doppelgangers. You know how they always say you have seven doppelgangers in like real life? All right, so I have Jonah Hill, Seth Rogen. I have this fucking oddly thing. enough, I know one of mine, and I don't know how like the multiverse didn't crash open because he lives literally a town over from me, and we graduated the same year. We have the same last name, and his first name is my middle name. Shout out to my guy Dan Bennett. Um, oh, that's I feel like I feel like everyone's got like seven Pixar doppelgangers too. You have seven Pixar characters that make up your personality. Um. Oh, also, I forgot another movie. Then, um, anger from Inside Out. From Inside Out. It's another one I gotta watch. But you need to watch. You do. Movie. You do give Inside off out. anger. Like I'm anger, but like not too heavily anger. Yeah. Like, I like when I get angry. Like you'll know that I'm angry. Like Ko is like, I'll I'll raise my voice and like I'll get mad and I'll get like road rage and shit. Um, and I've openly like screamed at somebody for like being an asshole on the road, uh, but like I'm not even really angry. I'm just like annoyed. When I'm angry, you'll know that I'm angry, but you'll never probably see it in your lifetime unless like something really bad happens. You also have Russell from Up in you. When I was in college, um, I did orientation, and the theme one year was Disney, and my group was Group Pixar. 
and my specific movie within Pixar was up. Uh, and I was, in fact, Russell. I, I wore the, the sash. I did the whole thing. Um, I really played into my, my upness on that one. Yeah, you you have that. You have some Mike Wazowski in you as well. I, no, I have more Sully. No, but Mike Wazowski, big wife guy, him and Celia, that's you and Kay. All right, but like, we don't call each other Googly Bearish, Moopsie Poo. Also, and... Monsters University is a great follow-up movie. Agreed. And so is Monsters at Work, a great follow-up show. The two most criminally underrated Disney shows that that were created and didn't get enough love, The Muppets Office Show and Monsters yes. at Work. And best uh, top to round up the top three, Turner and Hooch. Never seen it. It was great, and they took it off of Disney Plus after a season, but shout out to my guy Mike Horowitz, friend of streamer season, who came on the show to talk about it, executive producer of the show. I'm still waiting for Chad Mum to get back to me about uh, Full Swing Season 2. But hey, Come on, Chad. What are we doing? We have a lot of call-outs. Uh, number one of them today is Chad Mum to come on, come on the pod. All right, let's get into the, uh, the golf news. Get in the Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome into the Get in the Hole podcast, episode number 140 for the Waste Management Phoenix Open this week, the greatest show on grass, brought to you in every day. This show brought to you by Tom Oil Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the industry, founded on Long Island, my and Ben's home, eh, we'll call it a town, repped by some of the biggest personalities in sports, including Chris Hogan, Kyle Harris, and John Jay, and of course, Golf's very own Paige Baranek, Tom Oil Shades is guaranteed to keep you looking fresh from the first hole to the 18th green and beyond. Head to TomahawkShades.com or download the Tomahawk Shades app on the App Store, Google Play Store, and browse their selection of blue light glasses, sunglasses, prescription lenses, and be sure to use code USP for 25% off your next order again at TomahawkShades.com or the Tomahawk Shades app. Steve McAvoy here joining you for another electric week in the world of golf as we head to actually, surprisingly enough, not a signature event. It's not uh, this year on the calendar, but plenty of news coming through. Ben is out because the place that he's staying at has a two-year-old who just had surgery and needs to be sleepy poos. So joining me on that the was desk a mad lib. That was a mad lib reading that text. That, that? Two-year-old staying at my friend's house, surgery. I was like, what's next? That's the... Uh, like the guy on uh, on Instagram who does the oh I'm going to the doctor's office and and it's like like random Disney characters on the Instagram reels like who's the surgeon who's the doctor you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about <laughs> and like the surgeon is like a lamp and he goes a fucking lamp so so good I think you went mute my mic went mute uh R I P that. It happens all the time, bro. Joining on the desk, making his triumphant return to the show, has been on, uh, was on what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but it felt like a long time yeah. uh, since. Kyle Bennett, you can follow him, kbizzle311 on Twitter and the Instagram. Kyle, welcome on in. Welcome back. What's going on? It's good to be back. Uh felt fitting that, you know, it just happened that Ben was out this week. and We've got a fun interview in this episode that you and I were both present for. I filmed it. No big deal. Um, that was yeah, real fun. It feels good to to be back to kind of recap that trip as well and a little bit and have that uh, 
interview from the old PXG store in this episode. Yeah, we'll chat that at the uh, the top of next hour once we uh, get around to some of the first news in the golf space. But um, yeah, no, it's great to have you on. Great to be back. Nice to get to recap some things with you because I think this episode in particular is going to be really funny because uh, there's a lot of beef and a lot of dumb shit that occurred over the weekend that I think it's just going to feed into a, an hour and a half of just absolute mayhem. Not to mention we're recording here on a Monday. It is 11.25 p.m. This is the latest I have ever recorded this podcast. I had a cup of coffee about 20 minutes ago. I won four games of Fortnite with Johnny earlier. So we are absolutely rolling. And we start off Pebble Beach this past weekend. The AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am did not see Larry Fitzgerald win. The cameras did a really good job of keeping Bill Murray's drunk ass out of the public view. And there was a little bit of uh, controversy, if I will say so myself. Ben made a really good point about this last week, how for some reason, every single time they play a pebble, there's bad weather. There's always a weather delay. It's windy. It's rainy. It's muggy. It's gross. Well, it kind of reared its ugly head once again and led to probably the most controversial moment uh, on the PJ Tour calendar probably the last year or so. And that's with the fact that we have Liv um, around. Wyndham Clark goes from 26th to 1st, poses, posts the course record 60. 12 under par to go from 26 to first clubhouse lead. My pick Mark Hubbard finished T four and thinking we were going to have golf on Sunday, heavy rain in the forecast. Sunday gets rained out. Now we're going to go to a Monday finish Monday morning rolls around or sorry, Sunday night rolls around as I'm playing Fortnite again with John and I get the news event is canceled. Wyndham Clark wins after 54 holes he literally had to get dressed and go to the golf course Monday morning to accept this trophy and like do, do the photo shoot and everything. It's really funny because like you see him in his all-black outfit on Saturday, and then he comes back to the course. He's in gray pants, and he's a, he's in a pink uh, sweater. Like, what a, what a turn of events. But then you had Twitter going, huh? Signature event, limited field, no cut, 54 holes. Sounds a lot like something that we're used to that's backed by a certain group that is really polarizing in the golf space. So, yeah, that's your controversy this week. And I want to highlight Twitter for a couple of things. Number one, that everybody on there is an absolute troll. Number two, that there's it should honestly be a paid app because it's that funny. Uh, and three, I realized that that live golf has made just the golf landscape so polarizing, and it almost makes it feel politicized because you have the party of people who are like, the reason why golf sucks is because live exists and it's a terrorist organization. Like, no, it's not. Let's let's relax. Like, let's breathe. The people behind it may have some flaws, but the PIF has never flown planes into the Twin Towers. The PIF has never killed journalists. That's the the state of that part of the country that is not, in fact, the people that are running it. I don't think Al-Ramayan has has a head count. I feel like that has not been talked about enough. Discussed. Exactly, which is why I'm bringing it up now. Because I, as somebody who's been trying to grow, grow a brand on social media, decided, you know what, Nuclear Golf put out something about how Roy McIlroy officially went 180, and he was like, oh, 
um, guys who were on live should come back with no penalty. And I tweeted out, honestly, the more and more he speaks, the sillier he sounds, he should really just shut up. And everybody went off on me. And I'm why do you hate Rory, Steve? Yeah, like I never said I hated Rory. I love Rory McIlroy. He's one of the first people that I watched playing golf that wasn't named Tiger Woods that I actually fell in love with when I was ten years old. So first of all, shut your mouth. Don't put words. In, don't don't put words in my mouth. This is me going to go absolutely apeshit. Oh, Get their asses. Let him cook. I am. Let me cook. Um, but no, no, we haven't talked about it at all, and it hasn't been talked about enough because I hear the people who are like, "Oh, it's a it's a terrorist organization." Then I hear the people who are like, "Live is lives the greatest thing for golf." Then you have the middle ground, like me, who I'm like, okay, Liv has done something good. The PGA can learn from it. They're now going to merge. And then you have, have people who are, just, who are just absolute trolls. Uh, I want to take this moment to officially make my call out. This is the WWE official call out of the Gun in the Hole podcast. Uh, so Max Meyerson, who works for ESPN Milwaukee, 620 WTMJ AM and 1017 The Truth. Yes, boy. I'm calling your ass out. Tweets at me. This guy, first of all, his his, his Twitter pictures is four guys boozing and making ugly faces. I tried finding this guy's face. It's impossible to find him, but I know that he uses StreamYard, and I know that he uh, he posts his radio show, uh, and he, he he has some dumbass take about how how Damian Lillard, how Damian Lillard was a bad pickup for the Bucks. Shut the fuck up. Let him Anyways, cook. Yeah, like let him cook. He tweets at me, he goes, the product is significantly worse and points to the leaderboard from the farmers, or where, of course, if you've been watching the show for long enough, uh, Ben and I both said that it actually was a really good leaderboard that people aren't really appreciating. But he goes, oh, it's a boring leaderboard and no one knows about it because you see guys like Matthew Pavan, Nate Lashley, Jake Knapp, Steven Yeager, Bo Hostler, Kevin Yu, Patrick Rogers, Taylor Pendriff. Uh, Nikolai Hogard, who was probably the the most well-known name from the top 10 that isn't named Xander Schauffele or Ludwig Oberg or Tony Finau. And he goes, a field that has Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith is way more entertaining. And, and my reply back, based on what I said at the Farmers, was no, because now you're looking at it from the lens of you didn't know who Matthew Pavan is. Now he's the third best player on tour in Strosky and Approach. He's having a career season. He won an event basically on a whim at a really challenging condition course. He finished top three this past week at Pebble Beach. Nikolai Hogard has not gotten enough love yet as a Ryder Cup player for Team Europe. Jake Knapp drives the ball 360 every single week. Nate Lasser's been on tour for five years and, hasn't, and you haven't heard a peep from him. Steven Yeager's been on tour for 12 years and hasn't done anything until now, except for when he was 23 years old. Kevin Yu is top ten in every single is top ten in every stat on the PGA Tour, and then of course you have your grouping of Max Homa, Ashley Batia, Hideki Matsuyama, uh, Ludwig Oberg, Xander Shoffley. These are all guys in the top twenty. Will Zalatoris. You have the big names, but you need to let the other guys play events and let them grow. He, this guy, obviously is a big NBA guy because he immediately bought up the NBA. I go think of it like the NBA, right? Talent comes in every year. Some guys show out. Some guys don't. I don't see Scoot Henderson doing dick right now. I haven't heard his name on ESPN at all. Cool, he's averaging 13 points a game. I don't really care. Ludwig Ober is the eighth-ranked player in the world. Let him he's 23 cook. years old. Like, I don't want to hear this shit. 
yeah, cool. All right. If let's say the Saudis created an NBA league and took away Victor Wembanyama, I don't think people are going to be gnawing at the bit to watch NBA basketball. Or sorry, gnawing, gnawing at the bit to not watch NBA, NBA basketball. No one's gnawing at the bit to not watch the EPL because they fucking took away, or sorry, any real European football league like the Serie A, the, uh, the League Un, the Bundesliga, La Liga. Cool. Cristiano Ronaldo is in Saudi Arabia with Kareem Benzema. Lionel Messi is in the Benzema's in on his way back, too. Yeah. People are still watching European sports. Cool. You have 10 players who, are, who were, or should be, be in the top top 100 in the world that are playing for Live Golf. Cameron Smith, Dustin Johnson, Bruce Kepka, Joaquin Neiman, so on and so forth. They're all really good. But there are still 200 fucking players on the PGA Tour that are almost as talented as they are, including Matthew Pavan, who's clearly showing it, who appreciate the skill. Not to mention, too, it's a world game. The NBA is a world game, but how, how often do you see non-Americans coming to the NBA and showing out? Prior to Luka Doncic, who's the last international guy that, that, that was really so amazing? Ricky Rubio? Embiid. Fine. All right, Embiid. But again, played in the States. Jokic. Like, Nikolai Hogard has never played a round of golf in America until he stepped foot here and joined, and joined the PGA Tour. It's the same thing as Luka. So he is Luca. Him and Jokic. Like All right. Yeah. yeah, Jokic. That's cool. But again, just think about the European and Asian products that have come to America who did not play college golf, which, which means that I'm, I'm even getting rid of Ludwig Oberg from this argument. And you still get Nikolai Hogard. You still get guys like Taylor Pendrith. You still get Thomas Detry. Shane Lowry has been here forever, did not play college golf. Um, Emiliano Grio, Min Woo Lee, who is a top 15 player, top 25 player in the world, just signed with Lululemon and is probably going to be a top 10 pick casually this week at the Waste Management. This, there's such a bigger percentage of guys that are coming over in the world of golf because the game is so international. And I get it, the NBA has roster, roster limitations. But for every one Wembenyama, we get five in golf. Mm -hmm. So appreciate it. When Cameron Smith leaves, a new Australian, Minruli, is going to come back and take over. When Sergio Garcia left, a new Spaniard comes in and now takes over. It's the same song and dance. I absolutely hate this argument that that the, the PGA Tour is ruined and because Live Golf is, is poaching guys. They're really not. He goes, we no longer see, see the best of the best. Really? Because this week, despite the fact that, that Victor Hovland and Xander Shoffley aren't in the field, we're still going to watch Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Saeed Tagala, 25 of the top uh, of the top 35 players in the world are playing in this event. There's new stars in the NBA every single year. Like I just said, what what are any of them doing compared to Ludwig Oberg? The guy the guy's played golf for less than a year. He made a Ryder Cup, he won a PGA Tour event, he's a top 20 player in the world. You don't see that very often. It's absolutely ridiculous to me that people are going to make this argument. And it's even worse when you have people who are who are of this mindset that live as a terrorist organization. Like, just shut up. It's, at this point, it's becoming so polarizing and politicized. It almost feels like how we are in America with Democrats and Republicans constantly biting at each other, and no one wants to find a common ground, find a, find a, find a middle ground to just figure shit out. That's my 10 minutes of, uh, of it, absolute... I want to put a cherry on your absolute beautiful soliloquy of... 
a masterpiece that that was. Uh, what was this guy's name again? Max Meyerson. If Max Meyerson is not a coward, he'll come on Get in the Hole and talk this with you. I I would love love to debate this because I think the 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 arguments here are just absolute bullshit. Or vice versa, he should have you on his radio show. Perfect. Throw me on ESPN. If he's I not a if he's not a coward, he will do one of the two. I also equally want to point this out too. Live Golf is a good product, and people gotta like uh, like respect that. The production value is great. They now signed Google to do this uh, any shot anywhere, so you can watch any shot at any point. We had a playoff in the literal pitch darkness between Joaquin Neiman and Sergio Garcia, and it had more views than the PGA Tour. Why? Because the PGA Tour didn't play on Sunday, and everyone watched Live Golf instead. So guess what? When Live Golf gets a day to themselves, it gets views. And they just hired my guy Christian Crosby. Congrats to my boy. It's Proud the, of you, brother. It's the same fucking shit as when... Trying to, I just kind of lost the uh, lost the example. It's the same idea as people, and again, I go to politics, who said, "Oh, if so and so wins the election, I'm going to Canada." You didn't go to Canada. PJ Tour isn't on. You're going to turn on Live because you want to watch golf on a Sunday. Just, just admit that's your answer. That's all it is. It's the same thing as like the the men's NCAA tournament, and then it really spiked last year. Obviously, like people watched the women's game because yeah. we had a, a fucking kick ass matchup as well. But it was like, oh, I don't have basketball to watch. Guess I'm turning this on, and yeah. look what you got? You got a way better final out. than you did in the men's final. How did women's volleyball become so big in college? It's because people finally turned it on. You can I, I I understand completely if you don't like the WNBA because it doesn't compare to the NBA because they can't dunk and it isn't that flashy, but skill wise they're just as good as the men. That shit is so entertaining, bro. It is. I went to a professional women's hockey game. It was electric. I went I'm to jealous. a college where I went to a college where women's hockey was on every single weekend, and they would have they would sell tickets to literally families. They'd be free to show up. And there was no hitting in women's college hockey. They allow hitting in this league. There are bigger hits than you see in the NHL. It's amazing. I was literally floored when I saw the kind of hits that, that, that these women were taking. Women's sports is really freaking good. All you got to do is turn it on. Mm-hmm. Live golf is really fucking good. Just turn it on. Richard Bland might not be the hottest player in the world. But guess what? So is Justin Suh. And Justin Suh can go out any week and win on tour. Christian Bezadenhut's finished top 10 in the last three events. He can do it any week, any given Sunday. Someone can win. You can watch the Super Bowl, right? And the game-winning score might not be from Travis Kelsey. It might not be from Debo Samuel. It might not be from George Kittle. It might very well be from Jawan Jennings. You don't know who Jawan Jennings is. Because he got his shot. And he capitalized on it. And guess what? You watched it. And now you know who he is. And he lives on forever as a legend. As is Malcolm Butler. As is David Tyree. And others like him. That's it. Shout out Nick Foles. You always got to make it about Philadelphia. 
So yeah, Max Meyerson, come on the show. Let's talk. Because I, I can't stand this I, th- this concept that live golf is terrible. And that was one of the most brilliant callouts in company history. I just, I, I honestly can't take it. it, it it's so annoying. Because look, I might not even like. I. I don't love live. Like I think it's like, I think a shotgun start is stupid. I think you need that like tiering of of, of players to like shake the leaderboard out to have the final group. But also like, the production value is there. They're getting better commentary. They're you you have the live scoreboard right there with all twenty five top players. Plus the team standings, I think. Take the, I think the team concept now, it's the same thing as when they like what Liv is doing. And actually, this will be a great conversation for the F one guys. They're kind of doing that. Like you don't have an affiliation that. to a team on Live because it's brand new. People didn't have an affiliation to an F one team until they watched Drive to Survive, and then all of a sudden, like when I watched it and I watched Daniel Ricardo, I immediately was like, oh. F1, I like Red Bulls because I like Daniel Ricardo. Now, granted, did did I like follow my, my guy? It's kind of like in the NBA when the Knicks were when I was growing up. The Knicks weren't that great. They had David Lee and Al Harrington. It wasn't anything spectacular. I didn't get into basketball until really Mello came over, and I was a huge like Steve Novak fan just because he was the one white guy who was popping threes all, all day long. And up until that point, I was like, "Oh, like my three favorite my, my three favorite hoopers are Chris Paul, who who at the time was on the Clippers, Paul George, who was on the Pacers, and Melo." I followed players more than I followed teams, and then of course, as I got older, I started to get back into basketball, and of course, rooting for my Knicks because they were always the team that I wanted. Now they're actually good, the and Nova I can actually, Knicks, baby, and I can appreciate it more. Like there are th- th- those are things that happen. F one, I got into I got into Danny Ricardo, and I got into Red Bulls. I was, gonna say, into... I was gonna bring up like NASCAR. Shout out to Brittany. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't well, know, like, you don't follow like NASCAR teams per you se. Follow racers. You follow racers. So like I don't follow the Crushers, but I like Bryson DeChambeau, so I'm gonna support them. Or I love John Rahm. I'm gonna support support Legion Thirteen. It's the same thing as when you grow up and you have affiliations that are maybe outside of the realm of your home city. My grandpa grew up watching the Brooklyn Dodgers. If I'm not rooting for the Mets, I'm rooting for the Dodgers. My my grandpa then said, "Fuck the Yankees! I'm not going to watch them once the, once the, the Dodgers moved out of town." He was 15, so he started to watch the only other team that he can get local radio for, which was the Red Sox. He grew me up on the 04 Red Sox. The first team that I ever watched baseball was in my summer house in Connecticut. I used to watch Nesson and watch Johnny Damon and Kurt Schilling. I sat there glued to the TV, bloody sock against the Yankees. I fucking hated the Yankees. But when I got older in like 05, 06, and I really got into baseball more and more and more, I naturally went to the Mets because they're the only team that, that I can watch all the time. Granted, some guys deviate from that. I have one friend who's a Dolphins fan because he loved playing Madden and wearing the teal jerseys. You're friends That's... with Frank the Tank? <laughs> Ironically, he is a Mets and Dolphins fan. You motherfucker holding out on us. <laughs> I... I... I actually, I'm Frank Jr. I'm the skinnier version of him. Um, <laughs> shout out to Tank, man. Also on the diagram, shout out Frank. But like, like you have those affiliations. Again, I follow Bryson. I follow Rom. All of a sudden, I'm a fan of those teams. I like Daniel Ricardo. I'm gonna follow whatever team he started on with, which in this case was Red Bulls. And honestly, I got lucky because now they have Matt Verstappen. It's like, like me with the PLL. 
Like exactly. I got in year one and it was like, oh, yo, like we all picked teams. Everybody that was like on board was like me. It was Alex McIntyre, Brooke Destra, uh, Mikey Ostrowski. And it was like, all right, we're going to pick squads. And the last one left for me because nobody picked the Redwoods. And I was like, I'm going to rock with them. Like that's the last team standing. Yeah. I'm going to jump on board with them. I follow along with them. And I swear, even though they're in California now, if they ever win a championship, Nat, I better be on a parade float. Uh, and then obviously I got close with a bunch of the chaos guys because they started coming on the pod. Their coach loves us. So I grew a natural affinity to root for them as well. And then we did the first interview with Andy Copeland after he got hired by the water dogs in the PLL to be their head coach. So then I was like, okay, cool. I have a relationship with them. They win a championship and now they're Philadelphia's team. So obviously I'm putting them boys on my back as well. Yeah. And, and again, same thing happened to me. I'm like, I, I asked you a year ago, I go, hey, I, I need an affiliation. And immediately, shout out alumni Kyle Thornton picked up by the Redwoods. I'm like, all right, I mean, a lot of Long Island names, a lot of guys who I remember in high school. And you're a Notre well. Dame guy, and a bunch of guys on the team went to Notre Dame. Shout out to uh, the Cavs. Like, those are, that, that, that's why I got, I got into the Redwoods. So, like, there you go. Like, you find affiliations. I think people haven't gotten past the fact that Liv's existence is so uh, politicized and so polarizing that they immediately turn off the team aspect. But I guarantee you, when the PGA Tour picks it up in two years because they still need to find more private investment and they turn to team-style golf to get big brands on, like I've been saying for years, then you're going to really find out that this is actually a really good idea and it's going to work. That's the kind of thing that makes Liv really good. And people just don't appreciate it. And everyone on Twitter is a fucking troll. And it's it's disgusting, honestly. This has really become the uh, the show about Twitter. Um, and then, you know what? I want to digress and, and go back here to, Pe to Pebble Beach. And I want to give Live Golf its flowers because this is also a part of this that, like, that I don't really appreciate. First of all, people who are, like, Live Golf sympathizers, this is where you're wrong. Yeah, it was 54 holes. Yeah, there was no cut. Yeah, it was a limited field. It was a limited field because those players earned their spots. They were invited to play it. There's no cut because when you only have 70 spots, you really can't have a cut. We didn't do it in the, we didn't do it with WGCs. We aren't doing it now. And it was 54 holes because of a weather restraint. This was a sanctioned event. Live golf by definition is an exhibition. You wonder why the OWGR isn't giving them points. You wonder why Wyndham Clark goes from the where, where is it, the tenth ranked player to the sixth ranked player, and Joaquin Neiman, who won this week, went from sixty sixth to seventy fourth. It's because Live Golf played an exhibition in a limited field with three rounds and no cut. The PGA Tour played a sanctioned event, a part of a full calendar that happened to get cut short. So you know what? You're also wrong there. It's all about situational. And that, and at the end of the day, the PGA Tour did what they had to do. And there's a reason why Wendell Clark got his flowers and Joaquin Neiman didn't. And while I appreciate Joaquin Neiman, I think he's a great, he's an absolutely great player and probably one of the biggest losses for the PGA Tour that, that goes unsung. This is just how it is. And Wendell Clark said it, said it in his interview, I had calls with Liv. I got a $100 million contract. I chose my legacy. I want to be on the PGA Tour. That was his result. So there you go. That's the other whole whole part of this that I think everyone needs to just like sit down, shut up, and figure it out.
you bringing up OWGR just sparked an insane merch idea in my brain. So obviously, you know Tyler the Creator. I'm so freaking nervous. Obviously, Odd Future Wolfgang, kill them all. We need a shirt that's OWGRKTA. Can we can we put the OWGR in like the uh, like donut font? That'd be sick. Those are donuts. <laughs> I'm all over that, bro. OWGRKTA. That'd be fucking sick. OWG OWGR kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> I would immediately buy that. <laughs> like that'd be so fire. I'd rock the shit out of that on a crew neck. Honestly, I dig it. Let's do it. All right. Bang. 36 minutes in. We're taking a break. On the other side, we'll chat a little PXG, talk waste management this week, get the beer money. And I got a bone to pick with my co-host, Ben, who uh, was an absolute bitch with his picks of this week. You're listening to the Get in the Whole Podcast. You're listening and watching to the Get in the Whole Podcast here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast. Get in the Hole is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company, our incredible merch partners. PHI Apparel Co. provides unique designs and high-quality clothing from t-shirts to hoodies for every golfer around. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt you'll stand out on the course, the driving range, or at the 19th hole. Go to phiapparel.co and use code UNDERGROUND at checkout for 10% off any order. That's code UNDERGROUND at phiapparel.co and grab exclusive Get in the Hole podcast merch and support your favorite golfers. The fuck is up? Welcome back to the Get in the Hole podcast. Steve McAvoy, Kyle Bennett, back on it. Back on the grind. The fuck is up? (laughs) The most casual, like, hey, hi, how you doing? Oh, I love it. So, (laughs) so... After this uh, segment, we're going to have an awesome interview uh, with the folks over at PXG and talk a little bit about it last week. Uh, we'll talk more about it now, being that we were there. Uh, it was you, me, and Christian. Great time. I love how PXG has the the storefront set up as opposed to like every other place where I can only get Titleist merchandise from the PGA Superstore or some affiliate store, whatever it might be. Um PXG really does a great job at their layout, at how they make you feel, how they welcome you in, how immediately when you enter in the base and you just see the wall of club heads and shafts and like styles of of, of their irons and their clubs and their black ops line, it's like, like wow, this is like this is some real like hardcore stuff. Not to mention also like it makes sense because they're a a veteran based company. Bob Parsons, of course, a Vietnam vet, so like you have that like militant like vibe to it which almost makes you feel like oh this is like actually kind of crazy um but not nah, PXG was a was a great time really cool interview uh with their lead fitter it's an awesome time awesome folks thank you to uh to our girl Michaela for setting it up that was a great time um got to hit a ton of balls got to sweat a little bit we got some content flowing hopefully we can do a lot more PXG in the future but that was a a, a great time and as somebody who currently and has worked in the retail space for many many years the staff at the pxg store in philadelphia and i am not just saying this because they invited us there and allowed us to shoot content there they were some of the nicest human beings that i've interacted with in a long time 
just very accommodating, super friendly, very like conversational and just mm -hmm. like regular people and enjoyed having our company there. Um, I, I couldn't have been more impressed, like Steve said, with the storefront and the layout of the store. That store is massive and it is gorgeous inside. And like, I'm a very casual golfer. But genuinely, like, if I were to go and, like, purchase clubs, simply based off of my experience alone from being there shooting content for our company, I would go with PXG just because of how awesome their customer service was. Not to mention, too, like, the clubs themselves. I, I had never used PXG because when I first got my my first set, my AP1s here, um... I got them pre-owned and I went to this golf shop called Unique Golf that's out by me. And uh I was like, oh, like I love the way these PXG irons look, but like that was not like the Gen 3. Um and for those of you who don't know, like PXG only puts out new irons and new clubs when like their technology supersedes the former the former iteration. It isn't like how the paradigm superseded the rogue, superseded the uh the maverick. They're not, and they're so not on. cash grabbing you, which I, yeah, I like, appreciate a lot. Which is great, and also it's affordable. Um, when they first came out, they were uber expensive because they were trying to figure out a price point. Are they a luxury golf brand? Are they an affordable golf brand? Uh, they were like nine hundred dollars for the iron. They're still relatively expensive. It's still probably probably about a hundred dollars an iron. But for a four through P wedge, it was like a thousand five, and I'm like, I can't afford this. Um, but I hit them way back when four years ago. I was like, wow, the feel on these are amazing. I hit these. And I was like, wow, these like feel super light. They're really forgiving. Uh, the player irons are really good. The forgiveness irons were awesome. I came home three days later to play these irons, and these clubs felt so heavy. I shanked my first five shots. I'm like, what the hell's wrong here? It must have been because I'm playing such lighter clubs. It was a totally different experience from what I had ever done, and I'd never gotten a fitting in my um, 15 years of playing golf. So it was certainly um, a different experience than what I was used to. And you said that throughout the entire time, like yeah. that everything felt so light. And yeah. I was like, that's and, so and like, interesting. Clean. Yeah. Like not for like, nothing too. I've never done a fitting either, obviously. Cause, and you're way more of an active golfer than I am. And like when you're, when you're just sitting back and listening to a master fitter, like talk about that kind of stuff that never crosses your mind oh, yeah. when it comes to golf clubs. And it's like, that makes so much sense that like, it, like the way that your swings adjusted by one simple twist of the head or one, you know, switch up to, to make it more accommodating for you. Yeah. I was like filming you and I was blown away by just like the technology and the, the aspects of just like one simple tweak here and your swing completely changed for the better. Yeah. And like, and you talk like dispersion. And for those of you who don't have never gone through a fitting before, like you use, multiple different shafts, multiple different grams within a shaft because the weight of the shaft matters on top of the flex, regular, extra stiff, stiff. If you're a senior or a woman, you have your senior and your ladies uh, flexes. And on top of that too, like the head is different. The lie angle is different. Um, you're adjusting loft on your driver. I hit my driver nine degrees, which is which is pretty low for what standard is. You, It also matters on like T height. Like I, this is obviously from a different source, but uh, my golf spy did a whole thing about T height and they measured T height from a half an inch T to a one and a half inch T that one inch difference 
from the higher tee off for the driver. You carry the ball 15 yards further. It goes a total of about 15 to 20 yards further as well. So, so 15 additional carry plus a, plus 20 of total over. Your spin goes down by about, by about 400 RPM. Your launch angle goes up by about 4 degrees. And you find about 10 to 12% more fairways from teeing it up from here to there. Golf is, is, such, is such a game of inches. People don't understand that. And that's why like you need to get fitted. And like... I'm playing these clubs. I'm playing a regular flex. He goes, oh, well, you should be playing more like almost an extra stiff with how fast you swing it. And I'm like, all right. So this explains why my seven iron only goes like 150, but sometimes it'll also go like 180. It's because the dispersion of where I'm hitting it might be perfect, but I, I, I may have too much flex in the club. When I come down, the club, the club looks like this as opposed to being straight and actually carrying it the right way so it hits consistently every time. So you don't realize how important that is and how important it really is to get fitted. And now I'm like in the situation ship of, oh, God, I got to gotta afford a wedding, but also like do I spend $2,000 on, on new clubs this summer? Um, I'm having the financial talk with my, with my, my, my wife. Uh, and she's like, I know you love golf. But like you can't do that, and I'm like, all right, then I'll do it like for one more year, and hopefully Ben buys me new golf clubs for my wedding. And or, or let, this like, is why we need to keep building our partnership and friendship with PXG. Of course, yes, and and of course, I would love for PXG to, to deck me out in new clubs. I would not be be opposed to opposed Stephen to that McAvoy, PXG golfer. I'll I'll be anybody's brand ambassador. PXG though, shout out to them. Oh yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully. I, I was genuinely blown away by the entire experience. Like, it was so much fun. It and was, like, and and honestly, for only being there for like an hour and a half, two hours, because that was the most that was the most we can get. Just a really great time, and, and they won us back, which is cool. Yeah, which is great, like, and, and also your mic came unplugged. <laughs> of course, it does. Because what else is fucking no? Um, the storefront head, who I believe was the manager of the shop, uh, also put me on to the uh, the Cooper Sharp. Yeah, dude, we had Angelos. We learned about when candles. He said Cooper Sharp. I was like, yeah, the Cooper Sharp on the Angelos cheesesteak, bro. Accented thing ever. You thought the accents didn't exist, but then you heard about the Cooper Sharp at Angelos, and it changed your life. <laughs> Bomb fucking cheesesteak, I will say, dude. Angelos was the best. Shout out to them. No, no phones, cash only. Shout out to Angelos. Honestly, bro, that's the sponsor we need is Angelos. I can't call them, so. <laughs> also, we learned about candles at PXG, which was fascinating. We did, yes. They have a whole line of fucking candles. It's that sick. was that was like some of the coolest, like fun fact knowledge dropped on our heads. All right, folks, real quick, it's midnight now on the pod. It is now February 6th. My birthday is right now, and my mom's FaceTiming me. You know, in the most ironic of moments, you are live on a podcast right now. Hell yeah. Hello, podcast land. Happens every time that she manages to to wind up on this show. Hi, Daryl. My my two favorite folks. Say hi to Kyle. Hello. Is, so so 
so you don't know this. So my, I have a friend from high school, Kyle, who, uh, him and my friend Sean, my, my mom has no idea who they are. <laughs> like they'll like they've been over the house multiple times. She has no idea what they look like. I got Kyle's the tall one, Sean's the short one. I'll be on like, I'll be like, I'll be like on the call with Sean, and uh, and I'm like, Mom, I'm talking to Sean. She goes, Oh wait, is that the tall one? And I'm like, No, 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 that's the other one. They came over once for for the Giants Jets game. And she and she turns to Sean and goes, "So Kyle, how's your girlfriend?" <laughs> so mom, 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 this this Kyle is not not the Kyle that you don't know. Different Kyle. This is the this is the other Kyle who lives in Vineland, New Jersey. Yes, yeah. The Cooper Sharp. The Cooper Sharp. Angelos. <laughs> Angelos. They have they, they have no phone. You can't call them. Thanks, Ma. Right, Bye, guys. Thank you so much. Bye, bye. Hell yeah. yeah, we love we love a mom appearance. All right, we are digressing towards something new. I have the best birthday on earth, as it's now twelve oh two on a Tuesday. <laughs> Club I going up. I share a birthday with Babe Ruth, Bob Marley. Ronald Reagan, the janitor Arwen from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, Aaron Burr, Axl Rose, former husband to Kim Kardashian, Chris Humphreys, and who else? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. We might get we, we might get uh, infringed on for this. I share a birthday with Rick fucking Astley. I'm very happy that for whatever reason it didn't pick up on your mic. Oh, damn it! It's good. For, it's good for the copyright and good for the editing. Well, I'll, I'll put in a graphic of him. I share a birthday with with Rick Astley, Dude, and I now I feel it. obligated to share my birthday celebrity twins. Please, because honestly, like like we we were having this discussion. Might I add also February fifth? So yesterday. Has birthdays for like Ronaldo and like a ton of like major like actors. It's like crazy. I have a pretty good one, October 29th. Okay. Um, so I share a birthday with Bob Ross. Oh, beast. I share a birthday with Winona Ryder. It's a good one. I share a birthday with Gabrielle Union. Okay. I share a birthday with Tovlo. Talking body. I share a birthday with Randy Jackson. It's coming off me, dog. I share a birthday with Tracy Ellis Ross. Who is? Uh, the mom from Blackish. Okay. Um. I share a birthday. This is this is a good one. This is good internet lore. Those of you who know social media star Gavin that we all grew up with and he was our collective internet son. You know him probably from the gifts. Oh, Gavin? Yeah. yeah. He and I share a birthday. Gavin's my birthday twin. That's elite. 
But oh, good but hold on, wait. But hold on. Did you have one of the greatest number one hit singles come out come out on your birthday? What's that? In the club by Fifty Cent came out today in two thousand and three. I think I was five years old. Go, Shotty. It's your birthday. The number one song on my birthday in October of 1993, 29th, 1993, Dream Lover by Mariah Carey. Not as good as uh, as Fantasy. I'm also pulling up October. The, the question is, though, what was the what was the number one song on the Hot 100 the day you were born? Yeah, that's the song that was number oh, one. Um, uh, mine was like something by, I think, like Faith Hill. Something really up. old. Here we go. Um, the album Basic Channel was released on my birthday by Q1.1. Okay. Oh, God. Oh, I'm bro. sorry. Basic Channel is the group. Q1.1. On this day in 2011, the Glee Season 2 soundtrack was released. <laughs> That's a good one. Shout out to Glee. Uh, damn, the day after my birthday uh, was Snoop Dogg, What's My Name? Wow, wow. Yo, dude. February 6, 2007. Infinity on High, Fallout Boy. Mm. Thanks for the memories. Oh, bop. That's amazing. Trying to see what else we have. uh, What else released on my birthday at some point in time? I still think though that like in the club is still by far the best uh the best song that's that ever dropped one. on my birthday. That is a good one. Basically every single from the voice in twenty twelve came out on my birthday. That's fun. Although that's, I hate the voice. That's interesting. I think the voice is the best music show. I disagree with you, but I should say the best concept to selecting because you're doing it blind. Are you also a believer in the show Love is Blind, then? Uh, never seen it. You need to watch it. That's a great show. Oh, come on, Christian. Don't act that way. What are we doing? Just checking? Beautiful. Am I going to like interview here, or are we going to, like... Uh... All right. I didn't prepare questions. <laughs> Hey, look, you know what? I can most certainly prepare off-the-cuff items. Drew, uh, last name? Patterson. Drew Patterson. What do you do here? I'm the fitting team leader is my title. Perfect. Um, so I do a lot of fittings with our customers, and then I also handle the greengrass side of the business, so like okay. country clubs in the area, setting up fitting days with them. Um, but a lot of it comes back to the store as well. All right, beautiful. So. All right, I think we're good then. I have all I need. What's going on, guys? Stephen McAvoy here for getting the hole. Joined by Drew Patterson, the lead club fitter here at the PXG store in Philadelphia. Drew, thanks for having me on here. Thanks for uh, trudging through with me and waiting waiting on me through the traffic. It was quite the uh, struggle getting here, but really happy to be here. Yeah, of course. No, we're glad to have you out. Thanks for coming. Yeah, so I want to get into like PXG as a whole because it's kind of the new guys in the block when you look at the, the big names – uh, in the golf industry, Titleist, Callaway, and then PXG is making their rise. It's been around since the mid-2010s, I believe. 
Yeah, so 2014 was the first official year, um, but it started a little bit before that as well. But um, yeah, 10 years in now, um, company's doing awesome and we're growing, so it's it's really cool. Yeah, a handful of PGA Tour members, a lot of LPGA players, some on the senior store as well, of course. Gary Player, probably the biggest name uh, of the group, personally, and I, I know KB and I uh, behind the scenes have been talking about this a lot. So Darius Rucker is a is a PXG ambassador. Um, I know he loves hooting the blowfish. I was that was a little before my time. Uh, I, I was only born in '98, so I, I kind of kind of missed the uh, the mid '90s run. However, I know him through Wagon Wheel, although it's not even his song. Uh, but the really cool um, staffing and group of people who represent PXG. But what's the brand really about? What was the the goal behind Bob Parsons and creating a brand like PXG? Yeah, so Bob Parsons, um, our owner and founder, um, he contributes a lot of his success that he had even before PXG to being in the Marines. So um, we're a company that is revolved a lot uh, a lot around our um, veterans, active military, police officers, EMT, first responders. Um, so we do a lot with them. But Golf uh, was a really big passion of Bob Parsons, and before he started PXG, he was spending a ton of money every year on golf equipment with all the big manufacturers, couldn't find anything that he really loved, and he said, I'm going to start my own company. So uh, Parsons Extreme Golf became a thing. Um, his whole theory with starting PXG was if we have an unlimited budget and we have an unlimited time constraint to build clubs, can we make a golf club that's going to be better than everyone else's? And the answer is obviously yes. So. A lot of companies on the market, they have to build their clubs for a certain dollar amount and hit a certain number. Um, they have to release product every couple months. We do things differently. Uh, we have an uncapped budget on how much we spend on our materials to create our clubs that's going to be more forgiving, feel better, and perform better. Um, and we also don't do it in a certain time constraint. So we only release clubs when we know for certain it has beaten the previous year's model. So it's pretty neat. So what makes PXG, aside from that, in terms of the actual club building, I know there's a lot of different ways that you can go about creating your clubs. How does PXG different from the current uh, s slate of other brands' uh, equipment? Yeah, so we do a lot of fitting. Um, everything here is custom-built specific to your swing. So a lot of companies will do custom fitting. Um, the big piece with PXG now that really separates us is our retail locations and our stores here. Um, no other golf company does it like our stores that we have here and the experience that you have coming in, seeing the retail side, seeing the apparel, accessories, merchandise, um, and then coming in and getting fit for custom clubs. It's just a totally different atmosphere um, than where you would get fit somewhere else. It's become more of a, a service side of things rather than just a we know that our, that our clubs are the best, you're going to buy it, whatever it is, off the rack. I know most people are buying things nowadays, PGA Superstore, whatever it might be. Just because it's the new cool thing on the block, but PXG really takes the extra step to uh, to make you feel acclimated and a part of the the family almost. For sure, yeah. The service, the experience, and then the clubs alone, those three are what, what really separates us. The cool piece is when you come and get custom fit, whoever your fitter might be, that's going to be your PXG guy now for life. So if you need changes to your clubs, if we need to tweak them, you have that guy's cell phone number in your pocket. You can call your guy anytime. It's like having your own personal fitter just for you anytime you need them in your golf game, which is cool. So walk me through a fitting. How, how exactly does it work? Ironically, I've been golfing since I was, I don't know, 11 years old. Never had a fitting in my life. Never thought I ever needed it. My first set of clubs was a pair of, I think it was like Titleist AP1s off the rack, and I've been using them for the last seven years. What's a fitting like? How, how do you go through the process? What do you look for in your clients in order to make the best sort of uh, club for them? 
Yeah, so we set up a day and time that, that works for the customer. We pick, a, pick an appointment time for them. They come in. We encourage everyone to bring their current clubs with them. Um, so we'll go in the fitting bays. Uh, we'll have you warm up, hit a couple shots with your current setup, and kind of get a baseline of what you're looking at data-wise with your current set. So we use TrackMan technology. TrackMan's uh, one of the best simulators that is on the market. So we get a baseline for your clubs, and we start making all the tweaks and seeing the differences and where it's going to impact your swing. So between the length of a club, the loft, the lie angle, uh, we can change the weight in the head of the back of our irons. Um, there's all these different pieces that we can combine these that it's going to help make your golf game better. Uh, whether it be a little miss left, a little miss right, if you miss heavy or thin, um, all of those things can um, be reflected back to what you're playing currently in your current set. So finding the piece that's best for you is, is what's essential. What's the part of your fitting that's the most important? Oh, man, most important. I'd really say all of it, but... Um, the biggest piece, looking at a, a bigger picture, I would say, um, shaft and head are going to be extremely important. We have um, five to six different iron heads, depending what you're looking at and what you're wanting to get out of your iron. And then between all the different shaft, uh, shaft models and different weights, flexes we have, um, a lot of our shafts are good, but only one of them is going to be great for you. So it's, it's a matter of finding the shaft, too. Now... Obviously, everyone is used to the driver fitting, the iron fitting, but the putter, I think, is one of the most fascinating parts now, particularly with those on tour. Everyone's trying to figure out what's the best way for me to putt, and you see it a myriad of times. Hand changes, weights, balancing, and I think the um, I think Ricky Fowler put like, an, uh, like three or four ounces of lead tape under his putter. How important is a putter fitting, and how underrated is it for someone's overall game? I think people kind of overlook it. For sure. No, the, the putter piece of it is one of the coolest pieces that I think we do with our custom fittings. Most people, when they pick out a putter, they pull it out of a bag or a golf shop. They're like, this looks cool. Mm -hmm. I like how it looks and it feels nice. We'll go with it, right? Um, but the really cool piece with our putters is we're one of the only companies that can change the hosel type on a putter. So to give you an example here, every putter has a different hosel on the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. You have a plumber's neck, a double bend, which is this. You have an H neck. They all look different but they all serve a different purpose depending what your miss is when you putt. So we can switch these hosel types and put them in any putter head that you like the look of to truly fit it for you. So when you pull a putter out of a golf shop, it's going to have a shaft in it and a head. It looks good, and you just go with it, right? Um, so we tweak the shaft. That's going to play a really big piece. And then all of our putters have weights in the bottom as well. Mm -hmm. So we can make those weights heavier or lighter. That can change speed control for you. Um, that can help you with your stroke, keeping it online more. It's going to change the difference in what it feels like to you. So it's all super, super customizable at a level that no one's really doing yet. Yeah, I've, to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't even realize that. I mean, I've always seen the way that, that, that a putter is constructed, but I never thought about the actual uh, the hosel making such a, a heavy difference. I mean, I've been using my grandpa since 1985. Uh, but it's funny, like, like you pull a putter off the rack and it's like, Oh, you make you nail three putts in the uh, Dick Sporting Goods, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, this is mine!" Right. And and, and everyone wants the nice, pretty thing, uh, all, the nice new, pretty thing that everyone's got. But at the end of the day, you need something that's really uh, working towards you. One other thing too, the golf ball has gotten really big. Where does PXG fit in the realm of the ball? Where do you like compare yours to? What's the benefits of a PXG ball as opposed to everyone else? Yeah, the PXG golf ball has been getting a lot of traction. Um, it's been really, really good. I used to play uh, Titleist Pro V1s before we came out with our golf ball. Ever since we've launched ours, I've played our golf ball. 
Um, it's a three-piece ball, so a lot of the premium golf balls that you'll see on the market, Pro V1s, TP5s from TaylorMade, um, they're going to be a three-piece golf ball, mm -hmm. so the internal core, right? So we have a three-piece golf ball as well. It's meant to sit right in between a Pro V1 and a Pro V1X. Um, I've played it. It's been identical for me. The big difference that I've seen that I've really loved is I've inside 100 yards feel like I've gotten a little more spin with the golf ball and a awesome. little more check around the green. So if I can get the same distance out of my driver and all the other irons and get a little more spin around the green, it's perfect. So Now, PXG, in terms of price point, when it comes to, to the fitting, the actual golf clubs, let's say you, I was to get a full bag, what are you typically looking at versus competitors? Is it, um, is it far more competitive? I know there's a lot of um, sales that, that are constantly going on. A lot of um, models, they're also looking to be more competitive than everyone else. Where does it uh, price out at usually? Yeah, our price points have been super competitive. Um, if you get a brand new Gen 6 full bag, which is our newest lineup right now, we have what's called full bag promotions that are running. So you can get fit for driver down to putter, 14 golf clubs. You design how many woods you want in the bag, how many irons, what wedges you like. You pick out a putter and get fitted for that. And we also give in there a golf bag, a hat, and a dozen PXG golf balls. So that top of the end lineup right there starts at $34.99 right now. Um, if you priced out the premium set from every other company and put the bag in there as well, it's going to be more than that. Oh, yeah. Now, the, the Gen 6 came out actually very recently, right? Yeah, so Gen 6 was released last year. Um, Gen 6 is still our newest iron product. Mm -hmm. We just released um, a few weeks ago now our Black Ops Woods lineup. So Black Ops is our newest release. Um, we came out with it in driver, fairway woods, and hybrids. And Black Ops is literally in another world of its own right now. It has been completely re reconstructed um, from the ground up, totally new material, new pieces, nothing like any of the, of the other woods we've created before. Um, and they've been outstanding, so they're pretty cool. That's the most exciting piece. What's the has PXG been using? Been working a lot. I know this uh, concept of working with AI a lot to create clubs. Has PXG dabbled in that at all? We have not yet. I know that's something that that Callaway started to do a little bit. Um, the big piece with PXG that separates us, um, specifically with our irons as well as the polymer that we've created in the side of our irons. Um, most irons, off-the-rack irons or, you know, older irons, if you cut that iron in half, it's going to be just an empty steel head. Mm -hmm. um, our secret sauce is the polymer we create to put in the irons. I always like to use the comparison of, like, imagine putting, like, a bounty ball inside the, the head of a club head. Wow. Um, and when you hit our irons, you can truly feel the, the impact and the, the fly off the club face, which is, which is pretty neat. But um, we have two of the top engineers that um, have been in the golf industry for over 30 years. So without a doubt, I, I have faith in what they're doing. A couple more things. What's been the, the best part of working at PXG? How long have you been uh, around the company? What's been the uh, highs and the lows in terms of being here? Yeah, I've been with PXG almost three years now. Um, I think the really cool piece is the guys that work here. Um, we're all really close with one another. We're all really big, you know, golf nerds. So we get along super well, and uh, we, whenever we can get away from work, we'll play a lot of golf together and hang Love outside. That. So the environment here is awesome in the store, and when you compare our office to a lot of other offices, I mean, this is like heaven, you know? <laughs> you have a, a practice putting green in here that we do all our uh, PXG putter fittings in. We have three TrackMan bays. We have all the golf merch that you can imagine. So it's a really cool environment in here. Um, the other cool piece, I would say, is, is working with a lot of the Greengrass head pros from private clubs in the area. 
Um, so we've started to build a lot of great relationships with the country clubs in the area here. So um, getting to see a lot of those courses and, you know, get PXG in more, more members' hands has been really fun. Yeah, honestly, I've been here for five minutes, and I think I would never get any work done if I was to be here. I've, I've yeah. always, like, loved the golf industry, and I've always loved being able to be a part of it and tell the stories of it. And to be able to come in here, have your own, have your own putting green, you can hit on the Sims. I could literally sit here for eight, 18 hours trying to make a hole-in-one somewhere. For sure. Um, as we clearly have seen with, like, Barstool and Jersey Jerry. I, I made a joke. I was like, what if we were to – do that, have me sleep here for, for a whole day. <laughs> I don't think I could do it. Maybe I could do it in less than 2,500 shots. I hope so. Uh, but yeah. then again, only only t only uh, time will tell. Yeah. But um, in terms of final thing here, with working at PXG and being able to experience this, your personal golf game and being able to work on it yourself, how have you been able to grow uh, with, your, with your coworkers being in an environment where you can constantly play? Yeah, um, the really cool piece with obviously loving golf and playing golf all my life is you do so much with custom club fitting and you learn so much about um, the technology and equipment side of it is like you get more and more involved with like how you can make these tiny little changes to like keep improving your own golf game. So that's the really cool piece with it. Our fitters here are, are super experienced. They've been fitting for a while. And so it's cool to kind of like work with them on helping each other figuring out like all these cool little tweaks that like we might not have thought of and how they can like help our own golf games as well. And then we can take that and give it to our customers too. Oh, so yeah. it's been, it's been fun. Yeah. I'm definitely going to, going to, to uh, need a few tips. I miss right. I sometimes have a really bad pull hook when I don't commit the shots and my putter, despite being the best of my, my friend group, I, I can read them really well. I can never get the shot down. Right. I, I don't know what it is. So we'll have to, uh, do a little do a little bit of work and we'll see how I can improve uh, later on today. But for this sure. has been a, been a really great uh, segment. Thank you for having us again and, and looking forward to doing a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you guys for coming out. We appreciate it. Sweet. Beautiful. Let's go into the news. As we've been digressing enough, so much content in this show. So much content. We what should totally clip. Here? We should totally clip the birthdays. The birthday one too. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Mark that. It was like fifty-two minutes. Something like that. Anyway, so uh, the waste management this week—they call it the best show, the, the greenest show on grass, the best show on earth. Um, I wanted to like rank this in terms of individualized sporting events within a given sport. So obviously the waste management for golf, or I'm not going to include like the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup and the World Series because like that would be like the majors in golf. As an individualized regular season event, where are some of the best places that you want to be? Whether it be at an arena for X for like Red Sox Yankees or uh, Rangers Islanders or some big time like Harvard Yale Notre Dame Georgia. The waste management Phoenix Open. Where does this like rank amongst like the microcosm of like major events in sports that just are, are a vibe? This is a good one, like a great like discussion topic. Um, and as someone who is very casual with watching and playing golf, waste management's like a bucket list. Everyone knows event that. to attend. 
hands down. And and like like everyone knows it not only because of the 16th hole and the stadium hole and the the party that goes on in it, but also just like the the casual overall drunkenness and the fact that it's 80 degrees in Scottsdale, Arizona, in the middle of a town that honestly doesn't even get nearly as much visitation as you would if you go to like Glendale or you go to Phoenix or Tucson. It's all the college kids just flood there, just get drunk. The girls are wild. People are fucking taking their tops off and going crazy, i.e. Harry Higgs. Um, and it's just an absolute like ridiculous time, no matter where you are on that golf course. Yeah. Um, By the way, the PGA Tour has never had has never had more noise complaints, aside from the 16th hole, for security and like um, marshals to tell people to be quiet than at the Waste Management Open. They had over 400 occurrences last year uh, that players said they were distracted by people like shotgunning beers when they had the camera pointed for them. You also had Chiefs and Eagles fans there because it was during Super Bowl week last year. Jeez, yeah, right. (laughs) The fucking, Uh, the fans from Delco. Was Danny there? Yeah, Danny might have been over there at the Waste Management. I don't know. Who's to say? We'll have to Uh, ask him next time on the show. The waste management is definitely something like me personally. I would love to attend um, just for the vibes. It's an all-time vibes event. I think it is. Uh, it's pr- it's definitely in like my top ten. I like. I mean, not only the fact that it falls on, on my birthday, but it falls on the Super Bowl, just makes the event overall so over overly hype. Yeah, and, and and also not for nothing too. Like you can go play the golf course the week or two before the event, and the stadium is up and everything. That's a bucket list item for me. Is, is to go there for for a week, play the event, um, the week prior or even the week after when the when the rates are cut, and go and go watch the actual event Saturday. Sunday I love Arizona up. too. Arizona is one of my favorite places I've ever visited. Haven't been, so it's I I'd also be crossing another state state off the list. It's gorgeous there. Big fan. But like um, where it compares, like not for nothing. If you haven't seen the videos, go watch them. But like when Sam Ryder's hole in one and people were, were just chucking beer everywhere, like you don't see that probably at any other sporting event in the world, unless of course like you go to a regular season football game and it's like insert X and X and Y teams like Eagles Giants at the link and drunk fans are just chucking beers and starting fights in the stands. But like, that isn't really the vibe. That, that that's that's just you you being a drunk asshole. The vibe check is just amazing, and the best thing I can compare it to is I went to a Rangers playoff game against the Hurricanes, Game Five of the Eastern Conference Semifinals with John, and I've never seen a stadium more loud ever. And it was when it was the same year that Tony D'Angelo, also Philly man, and hey, we don't claim um, that scumbag, uh, when. He like he had a big fight, or he was he was cuffed on the team because he was being racist towards Country Miller. And every time I got the puck, the whole arena booed. Or when like I went to Nashville for a game, and they 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 played the Bruins the year after they had met them in the Stanley Cup final, and they scored, and the whole crowd is like chanting at Tuka Rasico, Tuka Tuka Tuka, you suck. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. And then they and they, they just keep on going and going and going. 
and the best one was that um, they had a chant at um, like soccer chants, but the whole stadium knows every single one of them. It's amazing stuff. Those are kind of like the vibes that I get how, when you want to go to that. Uh, this year, I feel so honored that I was in the building for it. Phillies Marlins wild card and Bryson Stott walks up to the plate and everyone's singing Ty Verdez A-OK after the music turns off and the stadium is shaking. Yep. First pitch, he hits a grand slam. See ya. Watching that game. I have never been in a louder sports environment until the following week. When I was at game three of the NLDS against the Braves and Bryce Harper motherfucked Orlando Arcia, not once but twice, just with his eyeballs, and the entire stadium yelling, At a boy, at a boy. It was. The loudest that I've ever been at an event was game, uh, game one, I know game one of the World Series Mets Royals, and David Wright hit a first inning home run that I would watch it back. It was so loud that you couldn't even hear Joe Buck on the announcement say it was out of the park. All of my like, friends it was so fucking loud that were at the game say the loudest Citizens Bank Park has ever been was the Reese Hoskins bites bat spike game. Like the, I know people that were at that game and at Bedlam at the bank, and Reese Hoskins bat spike was louder. That's crazy. Like like those things are amazing. Like the waste management, I don't think gives you that, but it's like a nonstop party, and I think that's what kind of makes the the allure of it. I think also like. My brother's roommate, who like he he watches golf, but like he was chirping me about it. He was like, "Oh, like how could you put Pebble as a better par three than the stadium hole?" And I'm like, "Well, if you like look at it from a large scale perspective, like the beauty of Pebble Beach." And he goes, "Yeah, but like my sister knows what the waste management Phoenix Open is, and she's like twelve <laughs> and doesn't watch golf, and thinks, and, thinks, and thinks it's the most boring thing ever." His sister he goes, knows vibes. Yeah. She, she, she literally passes the vibe check. I, it's the only thing in golf that I can literally turn on the stream and only watch 16th hole shots the entire day and be totally content. That's when you know that you've created an environment within an event that is so uber special and is so different from every single thing you do in the entirety of the year. And I don't think many sports can compare to that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's more a gimmick and not part of the actual game. It's part of the celebration. But like exactly, yeah. this year, what we saw um, with the Pop-Tart Bowl in college football, yeah. like that turned into a spectacle for the mascot and people tuned in to watch that game, but just to see the end result. But they were watching the game, and I'm sure if we went and looked at what the numbers were viewership-wise – it was They're probably one of the highest viewed bowl games of the year. And it also helps that that social media exists to propensiate the actual scale of it. And all of a sudden, it's like now it goes from not only do you not have to be there, but you're experiencing you're, you're almost experiencing it with everyone without with being thousands of miles away. 
Mm-hmm. The, the streaker on on 16 and 17 last year was absolutely hilarious. The second the event ended officially on Sunday, everyone said, oh, it's officially, officially Waste Management Week, sends out the video of this guy stripping and Harry Hicks taking the shirt off and swinging it around with Joel Damon and the, the, the streaker and a woman taking off her shirt and beer bonging a, a beer through her boobs. Like, this is golf, dude. And this is something that you have not ever seen until the post-COVID world where the golf game became younger and the fandom became more people like us. It's Project X meets, meets the PGA Tour. Which I love. Which makes it absolutely amazing. And honestly, Shout the players... Shout Kid Cuddy. And the players play into it, too. And that's kind of leads us into the field this week. And eventually, beer money, which we'll get into a hot sec. A uh, couple of notes here in the field. Victor Hovland, AWD, has been frustrated with his play as of late, so he'll be out this week. <coughs> Xander Shoffley battling a hand injury. He'll be out as well. Those are the only two big-time names that will be out of the field this week. Again, not a signature event as it was last year, so uh, not taken as heavily, but again, has a huge, huge field involved this week, which is going to make it an absolute show. And with that being said, we jump into the, the best part of the day. The Beer Money Picks of the Week brought to you by our friends over at Kenwood Beer, who is our friend Kenny. Well, I'll tell you. He's smooth, he's clean, he's bright with taste to boot. Kenny's the routine choice for folks who want a balanced, flavorful, no-frills beer that is right for any occasion. That's a hot-ass glass. 120 calories, 8 grams of carbs. Some call it the best light beer they've ever had. We just say, can't beat the OG, baby. Head to KenwoodBeer.com, use code, use the Kenny Tracker to find where you can get your hands on some ice-cold, refreshing Kennys from your favorite liquor stores in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, as well as at the Wells Fargo Center and beyond. It must be 21 years to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly and, of course, those, gamble responsibly. You get those pint uh, glasses well. on their website as well in the, uh, the store. The constant beer golf, dude. Just absolute great stuff. Before we jump in here, I want to trash Ben. Uh, we're obviously keeping track of, of our picks for the year. He's one up on me uh, so far with six correct predictions through five events. Um, he had picked Justin Thomas for a top 20, who, in case you haven't been looking at the odds board, he's literally the second top name on the odds board. Uh, so I'm going to read you quickly Ben's picks. Um, so they're in the archive, and we have those ready to go. Uh, JT, top 20. Max Homa, top 10. Cameron Young, top 5. His gimme is Matt Kuchar to finish outside of the, outside of the top twenty-five. Honestly, he probably won't even make the cut. And Scotty Scheffler to win the event. And with that being said, we jump into a top twenty. And KB, do you want to lead it off or shall I lead it off? Uh, I'll let you lead so I can kind of see where your brain is with everything because I'm looking at a, a site that only has the uh, the winning odds. So perfect. All right. So uh, if Ben's going to take Justin Thomas as, as the number two odds leader, I'm going to take the guy who's won the event the last two weeks. Last two years, uh, Scotty Scheffler for a top twenty pick this week. You can get it at minus five hundred on on any sports book that has it available. Just a little bit higher than the JT minus four fifty for a top twenty. So Ben, I, I know you aren't going to watch the show back. Scratch your ass. Uh, I'm pulling up the top twenties here on another book just to uh, compare where the winner is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with this, actually. Top 20, we were talking about our guy earlier. He's getting the whole Hall of Famer in terms of beer money picks. Ricky Boy, stand up, plus 225 for a top 20. Two-time winner at this event, 
up, by the way. Definitely a guy who I'd be eyeing. Um, in all seriousness, You can get him though, plus 6,600 to win. Uh, no free ads, but Bet Rivers. Well, my, my friend, Mr. Bennett, um, I mentioned this earlier, and, of course, uh, we actually got a comment on our beer money picks, courtesy of, of course, Mark Hubbard. Uh, I had bet Mark Hubbard at, pl- at 2,200 to 1 to win the event. He finished T4. I put it out on social. He commented back. He said, hashtag, we got screwed. So, Mark Hubbard, come on the pod. Talk to me about how you feel. We are on the hub train for the foreseeable future. Um, however, I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not picking you this week. But I still love you. Um, in all seriousness, though, for, for top 20, I'm also going to actually take, like, for the serious play. Um, if you actually want a good pick for top 20, Minwoo Lee is really solid. Uh, I like him a lot for top 20, but I'm going to have to take Sheffler just to kick it in Ben's ass. Top 10, you go ahead. Top 10, I am scrolling here. Uh, I'm going to rock out with... Your cock out? Yeah, that too. Big um... dick Rick. Big dick Rick. <laughs> Give me social media's darling Max Holba. Ah, That's 175. Following, following Ben's train. Uh, someone who's really good at spraying the golf ball, but also it kind of works to his strengths because the field's really uh, open and easy to play. I'm going to take getting the whole Hall of Famer, Sahith Thagala, top 10 this week. Welcome back to the team, Sahith. Top 10 for Ben, by the way, again, was uh, Max Holma. Top five. Top five. Um... Top five, top five, top five. As the one and only Aubrey Graham would say. I am going to go with Sam Burns, plus 450. I think someone's reading my mind. So the the golf course this week, firm and fast, really quick greens. Approach play is important. Driver off the tee is not nearly as important, but it certainly helps. I'm joining you, Sam Burns, top five this week. If this comes down to a putting contest, there's no one better at putting on fast greens in this field that isn't named Jordan Spieth. Then Sam Burns and Spieth hasn't showed me enough yet uh, with the approach play. Your gimme pick this week. I was going to say too, if you like Sam Burns at a top five and you think he can win, you can get him at plus two thousand across the board. A lot of books. Oh, by the way, that reminds me of what I was saying earlier. Anyways, with Mark Hubbard, uh, this year has been the year of the long shot. Chris Kirk won at two thousand and one. Murray won at four thousand and one. Uh, who won in the third week of the year? Oh, Nick Dunlap won at four thousand and one. Uh, and then, of course, Wendell Clark won at uh, at ten thousand to one. So, like, you can get these long shot plays are actually really valuable. Um, so, don't just look for the guys who are top of the board. At the end of the day, some of the some of the best players are the ones deeper down. My gimme pick of the week is uh, it's not truly a gimme, but I like it enough that I think he's going to get it. It's almost even money, plus 105 for a top 30 finish. Corey Connors. We love Corey Connors. You love Corey Connors. I love Corey Connors. He's the epitome of I can do everything good except for one thing. He is the, uh, like, whenever I hear his voice, I want to hear the, uh, the giant planet from Rick and Morty saying, show me what you've got. I want to get Corey Connors, and then it just goes into got to get Swifty. But the but the irony is is that that he's Canadian, so it has to have a little bit a bit of a uh, of show me what you've got, a <laughs> got to have a little uh, little zinger about it, if you know what I mean. 
Uh, my gimme pick this week, also because I hate Ben, and he took Matt Kuchar to finish outside the top 25 in an event that he's like all the way down on the odds board and is like not even close to finishing in top, top, top 25 or he hasn't done it in the last seven weeks. Um, I want to take his top 20 pick, Justin Thomas, to finish top 20 this week. Uh, Lightning in a bottle is second on the odds board, but honestly, like if you want the free money, just take it. Minus it's probably around like what's it? Minus one fifty. Yeah, that that's just free money. I would just take that all day long. It's almost like a locker room to finish here. He plays really well on a golf course like this. And honestly, while I gave him a lot of shit going up to the Ryder Cup, he's really turned it around. Um, the fall swing was really good to him. The beginning of the year has been really strong. I think he's a really great play for a gimme. And this and if this is a week that he can win the event, um, we'll most certainly be looking at Justin Thomas. Again, once the PGA Championship rolls around, as somebody who can very legitimately win three or four events this year. So look out for that. Your winner this week of The Waste. Uh, the trash man of the week. Shout Danny DeVito. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, I'm taking Justin Thomas. Plus a thousand. Give me JT. I'm just, it's, I'm feeling it in my loins. It feels like a JT dub. In my loins. <laughs> Your loincloth is soaked. <laughs> That's disgusting. NSFW, guys. All right. So, year of the long shot, I'm going to continue on my pace because Mark Hubbard should have won last week. I am on the tirade of a madman. I have two picks to win this week, one of which will be the actual pick. Another one is going to be my, my sub pick. But the sub pick, I think, actually like has a really good chance. Um... Top 25 strokes gain off the tee. Top 25 strokes gain putting. Top top 25 strokes gain approach. Really strong game all around. He had one bad event at the Farmers, which I've discounted already because the conditions were really challenging. To win this week at 40 to 1 odds, I'm taking last year's PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. Eric Cole has been his top 20 in every event minus the Farmers this year at the Century, at the Amex, and at Pebble. And I very much see him showing out this week at the waste management being the trash man of the week. Another guy who I'm interested in, and I'm going to spell his name for you because I'm so impressed that I can spell it. And it should honestly be in the script spelling bee. Christian with two A's, Bezadenhut, B-E-Z-U-I-D-E-N-H-O-U-T, Christian Bezadenhut. Uh, he's been on fire too this year, had one bad event, but has otherwise finished top 10 in three events, and his play in the European Tour um, earlier on in the year during the fall swing was tremendous. So I like the both of them this week, but Eric Cole's going to be my official play for can, the week. You can get Christian Bezadenhut right now at one sportsbook. You want to talk about long shot. Plus 11,000. There you go. Year of the long shot, guys. I also and, like Ricky as a as my dark horse long shot. You can get him like he, I said. At plus he's a good play there too. He hasn't set, he hasn't set, set the world on fire this year, but he has two wins here. He knows how to get on the golf course, and honestly, veteran experience really does help. And I'm a um, Ricky boy for life, baby. But, but like I said, and this is this is what I call a callback. Uh, it's been the year of the long shot. Appreciate the guys who are, who are long shots and can win the event outright, like a Bazaden Hoot, like an Eric Cole, Mass Meyerson. Bet on those guys this week. Tell me how you do. If you can do this, I this this feels fun, Steve, and I feel like we should both do this. Oh boy. We should parlay our top twenty 
with an anytime touchdown scorer in the big game? Um, first of all, if you, if you didn't listen to the main pod this past week, you should absolutely go. Listen it's actually to coming this. out on Wednesday's episode. Perfect. All right. So listen to the main pod when I talk all things betting. Um, it sucks that there's no one in this field named Taylor or Swift. Because then parlay that with Travis Kelsey touchdown, home run. Um, honestly, you know what? If you can tell me right now what the number would be if you parlay Justin Thomas with a with a Kelsey anytime touchdown, and if you also added in even like Minwoo Lee and Scotty Scheffler, why not? Are you saying JT at plus or top twenty? I mean, yeah. Okay, let me see if it lets me on this one. Like, I would say if you want just like a fun. Like take a bunch of minus bets and make them a fu- make them a big parlay. I would take Scheffler and JT top twenties. I mean JT top twenty and Travis Kelsey anytime is plus two eighteen. And then you add in a Scheffler top twenty, which is probably going to be like plus three fifty. Let's see if it maybe four combo those. You said Scheffler top twenty. Yeah, makes it plus three twenty four. And you know what? Just for the hell of it, just for the hell of it, um. I know that he leaves a sour spot in everybody in Philadelphia's mouth, uh, but James Harden eight assists is just the most automatic number of all time. Is that and happening I, on Sunday? I don't know, but I bet it every single day for the last like three weeks on its hit. I think it's it's right before the All Star game. Well, it makes sense. Uh, actually, I kind of like this because we both agreed that we both think Vineland native Isaiah Pacheco is going to score. Pop and Travis Kelsey to score touchdowns in the big game, along with Scotty and JT top 20s, is plus 628. At that point, just also lock in the uh, the, the O's Perlman lock of the season. <laughs> 31-21, Steve's over the Niners at like plus like 47,000. And if you want to get wild with the most automatic anytime touchdown score in that mix to make it a five leg with Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, it makes it plus 911. Out, out of context, bro. This is a live this is a live episode. Never forget. Saying that shit. <laughs> By the way, I just want to let everybody know this and again, if you have not watched the pod, watch the main pod on Wednesday. Uh, I just want to openly show this as I sign into my my sports book. That is a play, and I am doing this, and this will hit. There's your golf Pocket. clubs. There's your PXG clubs. Honestly, yes. There <laughs> is my PXG golf clubs. No, honestly, that's probably going to go right right to the student debt. <laughs> The debt ceiling is climbing. Ugh. All right, folks. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Episode 140 here. Get in the hole. Shout out PXG. Shout out PXG. Shout out Ken Woodbeer. Shout out Tom Alshay. Shout out to all of our sponsors that make Underground Sports Philadelphia amazing. PHR Power Code, Dubby, and the works. Uh, follow us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Get in the hole pod. Underground Sports PHI. Ton of great stuff coming through the pipeline. Again, shout out to PXG for the awesome interview on the other side of uh, this hour. KB, what you got? Uh, you guys were on the – you're still firmly entrenched on the Sweden golf charts on Apple at number 186. Uh, and you were on the Great Britain golf charts as well, 
to kick off this week um, at 244. Bro, the Brits love us, man. Get me to St. Andrews. Get me to the British Isles. I would die for that. Uh, follow us, of course, on YouTube. Probably the biggest spot that we're at. Help us monetize YouTube, this program. TikTok. Keep growing. YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, all that's literally right here below uh, at Getting the Whole Pod. Of course, you can follow me, KB, and Threads. Ben at our own uh, accounts, our personals, continuing up on the news. I also want to open this up and, and another call out to a brand here. Uh, getting the bowl is two episodes in, and dude wipes. Come on, I'm perfect. Ben has explosive shits. I make good content on the toilet, and I'm gonna start doing it at work now because I finally found out that the sixth floor toilet is empty. So, getting the bowl is stay is here to stay, honestly. Dude, and you know, uh, it'd be wild because I learned this, um, and how it's so easy to win an Emmy. Um, you literally just have to say you're live from wherever, and then you couldn't submit your show for an Emmy. Really? Like, you have to obviously be live, but, like, you just have to say, welcome to getting the whole pod live from New York. Is and that why they say live from New York on Saturday night? Those yep. bastards. Those maniacal skinny bastards. <laughs> Dude, live from the sixth floor here in New York, it's getting the bowl. Imagine if Get in the Bowl won an Emmy. Well, I it, it's funny because I opened up the second episode of Get in the Bowl with Welcome to Get in the Bowl, the Pulitzer winning the Pulitzer Prize winning show where I give you all the golf news from the comfort of my own turlet. <laughs> I'm gonna keep on doing that and just swap out different things. The daytime Emmy winning show. Live from my toilet in Queens, New York. But again, Dude Wipes, come on, sponsor me. Like this is this is the easiest sponsorship of all time. Dude Wipes I is a white whale sponsor for this. I company. literally have the product in my bathroom. I will I can pull it down and just flash it on the camera every single time that we do this show. So like please sponsor us. They're a white whale sponsor for this company. They would be they would be absolutely terrific. Folks, again, thank you so much for tuning in. For KB, I'm Steve O. Enjoy the waste management this week. Ben will be back next time. And I hope to gotta kick his ass in beer money. Thanks for listening to Get in the Hole, the official golf podcast of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Catch us every week wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and be sure to like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod, and follow Underground Sports Philadelphia at Underground PHI. We'll see you next time, and remember, Get in the Hole!